Happy Tuesday and welcome back to another edition of the Better Baseball MLB DFS podcast here at Fantasy Alarm and the Better Sports Network. I am James Grande. I am back, period. Michael Jordan, all that good stuff. This is baseball. He did play baseball, so it's relevant. You know, you know, everyone forgets Michael Jordan, elite baseball player at one time, uh, maybe when he was in fifth grade. Um, I am joined not by John and Pemba, not by Howard ben- Bender, not by Julio Franco, but Colby Conway at Colby R. Conway on the Twitter machine. Colby, happy Tuesday, brother. What's going on? Yes, thank you. Glad to be here. Ready to talk a little MLB DFS action with you here. And it'll be you and me for most of the week ahead. So looking forward to starting things off on a high note for this uh, dynamic duo here as I fill in for the the incomparable John Impemba. I mean, definitely. I mean, he like he just is like, you know, he likes vanilla ice cream and he like, you know, doesn't use any condiments like very comparable to a lot of like children, you know, uh, but I digress. We move on to the 15-game main slate we have on tap for Tuesday, a slate that includes a lot of elite pitching. Obviously, every player in baseball that is not on the injured list uh, is taking part, but Otani, Gossman, Ryan, Valdez, Gallen, Kershaw, Bradley, you name it, they're on the mound. Uh, it is a course field slate as the Dodgers head into cores um, to take on the Rockies there. Um, so a lot to get into, so why don't we just hop into things, Colby, and take a look at Las Vegas and what we're just taking a look on if we think anything's going to move if we notice any over-unders that are huge to open any money lines that we want to take a look at what do we got yeah that the the over-under for the Pittsburgh San Diego game is going to move Padres are good against lefties Rich Hill stinks at home that line is is bound to move and it's crazy coming into the 2023 fantasy baseball season, you know, Sandy Alcantara coming off a massive year. And now you look at it going up against the Red Sox of all teams and they're not heavy favorites at all. What a, what a fall from grace that it's been for him this year. I like actually like a couple Boston bats cause he's just been so bad. We have to consider it, but first glance, those are the ones that stick out. Cincinnati is dogs on the, the money line is a bit yep. interesting. I know Andrew Abbott's flirting with fire. He's really, yes. Yes. it's been good, but it's, we're, we're teetering right now. It's, right. it's close. So those are a couple ones that jump out up front with the big one being if, if, if the line for San Diego Pittsburgh is going to stay at eight and a half, even if it moves to nine or even nine and a half, there's going to be runs scored in this game. And it's mainly going to be from one side and it's not the side that I'm ideally rooting for. <laughs> yeah. Especially San Diego bats waking up pretty much across the board. Uh, the rest player, Haseon Kim, waking up. Like, it's it's been a great uh, ride for Pittsburgh. Uh, just, you know, the proverbial 12 and a half total in course, just to throw that out there. Uh, some places 12, others 12 and a half. Uh, Connor Siebold taking them out for the Colorado Rockies. Uh, we saw him get absolutely shellacked uh, not too long ago. But that's really it. Nine and a half in, in Cleveland, Kansas City. Nine and a half in Miami, Boston, as you mentioned, San Diego Quintara uh, taking the mound there. Um, that's really it. So why don't we get into things? We'll start at the pitcher position, and we will break down our top plays as a position. Colby, why don't you jump in first? Yeah, I mean, right at the top, Otani is going to be pretty popular. Very good arm. Chicago stinks. They've been worse against lefties than you know righties of late, but regardless, the better side of their splits is still pretty bad. If we're going to be honest, it's a lineup you can attack. Otani's very, very good. Splits are in his favor. So you got to like him. 
also at the top, you know, sometimes I, I love to fall victim to narratives, especially in DFS. And, you know, like on Monday night, Luis Castillo at home. He's very good at home. Kevin Gossman, typically when he's at home, you, you kind of play him and you move on. His last two starts, I believe, have been on the road and they haven't been as good. But his last home start against Minnesota, which was a dream spot. Yep. Not good. And I understand you can't be perfect every time. So, I mean, what do you think? I mean, San Fran also, if you look at their numbers, they have not been striking out as much lately. And they went through a stretch where they struck out every other batter nearly is what it felt like. So can we trust Gossman at home against the Giants? Can we do it at this price? I mean, here the thing about Kevin Gossman this year is there's been few pitchers that have had as consistent upside as him seemingly from slate to slate. I mean, I talk about this with John almost every time we talk. Like, he has five, six games this year with double-digit strikeouts. Like, I don't know how many other arms can say that this year. Like, I don't even think Spencer Strider has as many double-digit strikeout games. I don't think there's as many, like, many guys in the league that have that much um, strikeout appeal. You mentioned they're not striking out as much, San Francisco. Still, like, 24% strikeout rate against righties on the year, which is still amongst the league lead and i know obviously their roster has like shifted guys have gotten healthy and they've been pretty good against right-handed pitching from pillar to post really um i'm willing to take a shot on gossman i i and it's again like you look at the rest of this top tier joe ryan i know he's coming off you know his best start of his career uh after really struggling and laboring through a bunch of starts in a row he gets atlanta in Atlanta in the summer, like that's not fun. Framber has a, what's supposed to be a tough spot against St. Louis. You know, St. Louis has had a long history against left-handed pitching. And I've talked about Framber and like a lot where he's super consistent. Um, he doesn't always offer you the Mets start ceiling, right? Uh, that is not often. He's just the quality start guy that like gets you seven innings, two earned, six strikeouts clock in clock out nice nine to five like you know he's coming to work every day Uh, he doesn't have a lot of vacation time so um i I like gossman pretty much after what was that why are you smiling vacation you vacation time i mean that's i you're like the you know like the the meme where it's like vacation your vacation time colby and then you guys are shaking hands that's you uh anyways i digress uh any like I'm with Gossman. I like Otani as well. I think he's my top arm. I think Gossman's number two. Any of those guys I mentioned also on your radar or anyone else like above 9K on your radar at all? Taj Bradley's interesting because the strikeout's there. And the thing with him, it's, it's one of those things where where do we put more weight into it? Are we putting more weight into how good he's been against lefties this year? Or we put more weight in how good Arizona's been against right-handers? Like there's that, that that delicate balance. Like when I'm looking at it here with Taj Bradley on the year, I think lefties are only hitting like 215-ish, 216 against them with a 252 Woba. Righties are doing a little bit better. And when you think about that Arizona lo- offense, probably three of the first four guys or maybe two of the first three you think of are both left-handed hitters. Yep. So if, if Bradley can stymie them, he's been pitching pretty well of late. I mean, maybe maybe he's a guy that we can look at to go there. And when you look at Arizona in June against righties, only thing is here's another thing to put stock into: fifth lowest strikeout rate, and they do have a double digit walk rate. So it's yeah. kind of Bradley's going to have the upside. He can strike out anybody. It's kind of like Spencer yeah. Strider. Even if he faces Washington, who doesn't strike out, 
you still have to consider Spencer Strider. I think at this point, like this price is pretty good with Bradley. I just don't know where I'm putting my chips on. Is it Arizona's dominance against lefties or Taj Bradley's dominance against uh, left-handed hitters? I think my worry with Bradley is what you mentioned, and he can strike anyone out, even teams who don't strike out. That's very apparent. But the pitch count has been kind of limited upon his return back to the to the majors. Um, like we've only seen him hit 90 pitches once. And if Arizona's working counts and we see the three to four walk Taj Bradley like he was against Oakland, Texas, Boston, are we even getting five innings here out of Taj Bradley? And at 9,400, that's where I would run into a little concern. Um, for $200 less, I would go to Bryce Elder in a spot who had a guy who has not had much pitch limitations or pitch count limitations. And I don't think he has nearly as much upside as Tosh Bradley does. We saw, I mean, Bradley had 10 strikeouts in the first 11 batters he faced against Oakland and the wheels kind of fell off and the walks started piling up. Um, But Elder has looked really good in back-to-back starts against Colorado and Philly. And, you know, one of those offenses is unlike the other, obviously, but, um, he does nothing but keep the ball on the ground. Like nobody hits the ball in the air against Bryce Elder and Minnesota. When you talk about strike, like this is a, a spot that we could see Elder flash strikeout upside. Like he's had eight strikeouts in a game. He's had a bunch of six strikeout games. Minnesota leads baseball in strikeout rate against right-handed pitching. And yes, they have power. Um, but 9,200 for Elder is a very safe price. Um, he's, had 20 or more fantasy points in three of his last four starts, excluding the, you know, the blow up against everyone's worst nightmare, Washington, which again, I don't know why people target Washington with pitchers, but you know, that's their fault. Um, but I like elder here, 9,200 more than Bradley. Like I like Bradley ceiling more, but I'm just worried about the spot because like you said, Arizona does not really have any deficiencies against yeah, I think that's fair. And then the other two that are kind of intriguing, where is where is that San Diego right-hander? There he is. There he is. All right. Pittsburgh's offense has been anemic over the <laughs> like here in the month of June against righties. I mean, they're not striking out a ton. They're in the lower third in the league in terms of strikeout rate, but they couldn't hit water if they were stuck in the ocean right now. Yeah, they are yeah. struggling. But then you look at Darvish. And he's allowed like 73 earned runs in his last three starts. So <laughs> like, and his splits, he's better at home than on the road. Yep. And now he's going to Pittsburgh. He's in a great spot for a win. San Diego is mm-hmm. going to win this game. They're going to pummel Rich Hill, which we'll talk about in a bit. Boy, I, I don't know if I can trust Darvish and cash, but I think if you want to get a little creative in a GPP Darvish, I mean, this, this could be that Darvish outing where he comes out six and two third shutout innings with eight or nine strikeouts against this Pittsburgh team. It very well could happen. The Cubs start. If like the Cubs start, like I, it could look identical to something like of this um, degree. And I completely agree, Colby. Like this is the first place I went to in the mid tier. Um, Not because I think Darvish has pitched well, because he hasn't really at all this year. He has a handful of good starts and a lot of bad starts for a guy that's being paid a lot of money. And has a bit of guy is, highly as regarded as you Darvish has. And sometimes people run their course. I still think there's stuff in there. The strikeouts have been decent lately, five or more and four straight starts. And you mentioned your pirates have not uh, 
been the same team this month, unfortunately. So um, I think Darvish is going to be pretty popular, and I, I agree on the on the tournament front. I, I don't think I can get there in cash, but um, tournaments I have. I mean, if, look, he has a thirty six point ceiling, right? We we have a forty four point discrepancy between ceiling and floor. So that is what you just that is what you call GPP special right there. So um, I agree. What else we got at pitcher? Any good value? I, I think there's some pretty interesting value on on today's slate. Yeah, you just talked about not attacking Washington, but Brian Wu. Oh, yeah. He's I know we, been, we both have written his down, too. He's yeah. better than his numbers have indicated. I wrote about it in the Streaks and Trends articles at Fantasy Alarm. He is better than what he's been led on. Just take just take that first start out of the equation. Right. That's the pitcher he is. And the strikeouts are there. I know Washington strike out a lot. Something has to give, and Wu is filthy. So he's in a really good spot. And then I'll kind of let you talk about both of them, but – I, I don't know. I just keep coming back to if he's going to get the start, Gavin Williams against Kansas City. Just because yeah. Kansas City's not been good against righties. I mean, yeah, Williams' debut is what it is. But, I mean, we all know the kind of upside that he has. So, William Williams and Wu are kind of the, the, the value guys I kind of see. W. That was like win W. I guess I should w have said the wow, the wow you plays. That would have been really cool for alliteration, uh, but it's not yeah, as cool. Get to, just cut it in post and then post, come through it. that. The, the uh, wow you plays. Yeah. Um, nice. I like that. I, that's a, you know, you're a, you're a, uh, you're going to be a great dad with all these dad jokes. Oh God. Um, I'm a one day, Colby, one day. It works. Yeah. Um, I agree on both. Uh, Wu is in it. Look, Washington doesn't strike out. But like you, t- we've talked. We just talked about it with Strider and and um, uh, Taj Bradley. Like some people just miss bats, and that's just what their nature is. The Gavin Williams thing, like yeah, it was Oakland, and that's obviously disappointing. But Kansas City has been really bad against right-handed pitching from the start of the year on. They haven't obviously things are not improving. Losing Vinny Pesquantino um, on the year, Kansas City twenty eighth in OPS. 147 team ISO right near the bottom. Their Woba is 293 tied for 27th. Like nothing suggests Kansas City's offense is good. And then the cherry on top, the 24.5% K rate. We know Kevin Williams has filthy stuff. We know he's going to miss bats at the major league level. Um, it's okay. He, he's allowed to have a bad start in his debut. Uh, 5,900 is a stupid price. You pair him and, and, you know, just for, we could just do this quick. You pair him with Otani. You have a very comfortable $4,100 left for the rest of your roster. So uh, maybe something to come when we get to the, the lineup construction uh, portion of this. But uh, let's dive into the infield. Unless you got uh, any other value plays, Colby, I, I, I'll i actually just give Ranger Suarez a shout. He has pitched extremely well after getting to a pretty rocky start. Um, and he's still priced like he's pitching poorly, but he's allowed three earned runs in his last four starts overall. Um, and the Cubs strike out a lot, and Ranger Suarez surprisingly has been missing a lot of bats. Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Braves. Ranger Suarez has mowed them all down. Just, just gonna throw that out there that we're talking about Ranger Suarez of two years ago now. Like this was the this was the guy they had two years ago when he first became a starter, not last year's version. Uh, so I'll give I'll give some love to Ranger Suarez. Any love anyone else for you, Colby? Are you ready to move on to the infield? I can't get Ranger Suarez right ever, so I'm just not going to say anything with him. But I will say he's in a great spot for a win because Philly is going to pummel Jamison Tyon in this one. Yeah, shout out to uh, Jamison Tyon uh, and the Scott Fish Scott Fishbowl player uh, Jamison Tyon, but former uh, Pittsburgh great. 
Former Yankee great as well. I have a jersey um, in the closet. You, I don't. I don't have a jersey. <laughs> I don't have a jersey anywhere. <laughs> um, let's move on to the infield. Uh, let's talk about your top infield plays for two six league. Yeah, you know, looking at the infield, I love the San Diego right-handed bats. We already talked about yeah. it a little bit. Manny Machado and even Xander Bogarts, they've both been very good against lefties, especially of late, like in the month of June. Both of them are hitting very well. And then if you're going to pay up, I love Jose Ramirez in this slate. He is hitting the ball well. He's seeing a beach ball at the dish. He'll be on the best side of his splits. And that is enough for me. So if I'm paying up and if we have the money, those are guys I'm looking at. And I'll talk about Ramirez a little bit later, too. Yeah, uh, Jose Ramirez is, uh, when he's hot, he is hot. I completely agree. I saw him on the sheet, so I just, like, backtracked. I was like, oh, Colby's going to take that thunder. Because I'm going to actually just talk about more Guardians. Uh, Maybe a theme of today's show. Uh, Not all the way spend up, but, like, right on the border of mid-tier value. Josh Naylor and Andres Jimenez. I really like the Guardians in this spot. Um, And and it's not a lot. Not not a lot of times we get to talk about the Guardians. uh, But they're going up against Brady Singer. Coming off five earned his last start. Brady Singer, 634 ERA on the year. Just not the same guy. I know the ground balls were great his last start against Detroit, but uh, he has largely been bad. And Josh Naylor has been insanely underrated. 57 RBIs on the year. I bet you nobody realizes that Josh Naylor's like in the top five of RBIs on the year, unless you're like, like really dialed into what's going on around baseball. Like Josh Naylor would not be at the top of the list of like guys that are driving in elite run production, like having elite run production numbers this year. He is, he's been really good lately. Three to 18 over his last 10. Um, and again, gets singer here. So I really like Naylor back up to 91 average. And Jimenez still under three or still under four K he's coming around power two triples in his last 10 games. We're starting to see a little bit of the, reason they gave him a hundred million dollars in the off season, um, you know, with the power and the speed. So I like both guardians to pair with Jose Ramirez, uh, Freddie Freeman in cores, obviously against Connor Siebold, Corey Seager is like, you know, if Shohei Otani didn't exist would probably be the clubhouse leader for AL MVP right now. And I did mention Haseon Kim is not having too bad of a, too bad of a stretch right now. Uh, Colby, but like, really, I mean, 353, his last 10 games were homering every. So like during the pandemic, I did the co- the KBO coverage and Haseon Kim was like the talk of the town, like coming over to the from the KBO. That was a 30, 30 player in the KBO. Obviously not the same competition, but like he faced Chris Flexen, dude. Like, you know, come on. Like we knew Haseon Kim was going to make it in Major League Baseball. And now the fruits to that labor, three home runs in his last four games, and he's going to lead off. He, they've been leading him off against left-handed pitching of late, and you mentioned the Rich Hill uh, factor here. I love Haseon Kim, all four mats at 4,300. I think a mini a mini infield stack that's kind of intriguing when looking at the slate, <clears throat> former New York great Jordan Montgomery has not been good at home this year. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me, and he's got some issues against right-handers, and I'm looking here. In the month of June, against a left-handed pitcher, Jeremy Pena hitting 529, Jose Abreu hitting 389. Those two guys are seeing the ball well against lefties. I have no clue what this lineup is going to do or what this team is going to do ever, (laughs) just given their state of affairs. But these two guys, pretty relatively well-priced. Jose Abreu is finally coming around after he's been dropped from 72.7% of fantasy baseball leagues, it feels (laughs) like. But in the month of June against lefties, 
you're hard pressed to find some better production. Pena may not have homered, and Abreu only has one, but the average plays, and they're at least hitting a couple extra base hits here and there. So Abreu and Pena could be an interesting mini stack if you want to target Jordan Montgomery. Yeah, I agree. And Abreu, you get Abreu at third, a nice thirty-two hundred, and all the home run, all the all the power coming back from Jose Abreu. Too good to be that bad for for too long. Um, any. I got a couple. We'll move on to value. I just have a couple. I didn't love the value infield. I like the value outfield a lot more. Tony Kemp has been on on one lately. I don't mind him. And the Dodgers recalled Michael Bush. He was one of their top prospects. Uh, he has not been great at the major league level, but nothing like a good course field bump to get your bat going. What What do you got here in the value tier, Colby? Uh, I see a couple couple guys you got listed. Yeah, I already talked about the two Houston guys. I like Justin Turner. Um, any pretty much left-handed bat for Boston, plus Justin Turner, I think is fine against Sandy of the Marlins. Bryson Stott, lefty bats for Phillies are going to be just fine against Tyon and the Cubs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yep. so that one's going to be good there. And then another one, too, when researching the slate for Monday, Jordan Westberg, young yep. guy. He's going to be very minimum price. And if I don't have the tab open because I close it, but if I remember correctly, <laughs> no, he hit righties better. Yeah, I think he hit righties better than mine. But he's coming up from pretty big AAA production, and he's going to come up. And if they're going to keep him, as long as long as he's going to be this cheap, we have you have to consider him at any price, especially if you're going to try to get funky with two pretty high priced pitchers. This is, I mean, he's going to be a free square for a, for a little yep. bit here for us. Hit hit seventh. On Monday, uh, a walk and a run scored in his first professional at bat. So, so he already, he's already like two x. Already, pay, already paid off the price and more. Um, and that was his first at bat. So you know more to come uh, for the rest of the night. Colby, what do we got for the outfield? You and I have the same top outfielder. You you have talked about the same team. You're use, you're wearing their colors on today's show, despite them facing off against your uh, hometown team. Uh, but Fernando Tatis has to top the list for, for this. Right-handed bats against Rich Hill at PNC. That's what we're going to go with. So Tatis is going to be a slam dunk play. His ownership is going to be incredibly high. Any San Diego stack is going to have him. Even if you don't stack the Padres, he's the one-off bat you're going to take. So, yeah, Tatis is in a really good spot. Anytime a lefty faces Baltimore, Anthony, Santander yes, is a threat to go downtown. So you got to always consider him. I actually kind of like some value options in the outfield. Like some of the top price guys, I'm just paying up for Tatis. I mean, if you want to go Mookie Betts and Coors, I'm fine with it. Like any bat in that game, you're right. probably okay with, especially from the Dodger side, because Connor Seabold is very bad. So you could go there. But top price guys, Fernando Tatis is, is way, way, way above everybody else. Agreed. Um, and I love Santander against lefties. Another monster year. Um, Another monster year. I don't know what else to say. Uh, and, and you mentioned you could play any of the Dodgers. J.D. Martinez had that monster stretch where it seemed like he homered every day and it was against a right-handed pitcher every day. And that's what they have here in Seabold. Seabold actually worse against the righty split. So, um, you know, that could be an interesting play. That, there is a lot of really good value, I think, in the outfield today. Um, Austin Hayes, if you want to continue on with your Baltimore stack, leading off again against a lefty. He has been amazing. Joey Weimer has mashed lefties this year. Um, Milwaukee faces off against Southpaw. How about some Matt Veerling? Detroit has had some weird, decent players of late. Like, Kerry Carpenter has come from the the woodworks. Andy Abanez had, like, a really good stretch of, uh, like, two weeks. But Matt Veerling, over the last 10 games, 
1,200 OPS, three home runs. Uh, gets a righty-lefty against Martin Perez, who has not been the same guy last year. Um, so I'll go Veerling. And I like the Dodgers outfield, Peralta Hayward, whichever one you want to play. I think Hayward has a little better splits against righties uh, this year with the power. What do you got for value tier uh, here? Yep, Alex Verdugo, very good against righties of late. He's in a very good matchup there. And then don't overlook any Philly stack with Brandon Marsh hitting 351 yep. over his last 39 plate appearances, including he's got like four multi-hit efforts in like the past week or so. I mean, last last 10 games are good right there. Two hits, two hits, three hits, two hits. Yeah, I mean, Brandon Marsh, I, I'm surprised he's 3,100 with how bad Jamison Town has been one at home and two against left-handed bats. And that's something that's kind of plagued him for most of his career, the lefty side. So I love Philadelphia left-handed bats tonight. And I think Marsh, not only is he a great value, but the the point per production that we could see from him could be very, very profitable. Yeah, Tyone against lefties, man. It's been it's been a brutal uh, sight. Let's get into uh, – I like the uh, the little name here we got because uh, it's usually Grande Gems and Pemba's imprints. But we don't have John. We don't have that vanilla-loving uh, – no condiment eaten, son of a gun. Uh, we have Colby here. So we got Grande's Gems and Conway's Cornerstones. I should have said Corner Store. That sounds like something you should open up uh, as well. Conway's Corner Store. Um, that involves Con- working, though. Yeah, that involves true. Uh, you <laughs> vacate More vacation days and working days, that's for sure. Uh, so, Colby, why don't you run through uh, some of your cornerstones, starting with the home run call? Yep, home run call. Um, I said it earlier, I'll say it again. Jose Ramirez, great spot for him. If you're a BVP truther out there, I used to be. I faded off a little bit from it, but he's 7 for 16 with two home runs in his career against Brady Singer. So have to love that top stack. Out, obviously, Dodgers, love them at cores. But I've said it enough. I've I've trashed these colors right here. (laughs) I got to say it again, but the Padres, led by those right-handed bats against Rich Hill, that's the stack that you want to know. Contrarian stack, I've kind of said it a bit. I really like yours, so I didn't want to copy you, but Red Sox and Phillies, I don't know how contrarian they actually end up are, but they're not one of the big two, so that's going to make them contrarian. Star of the night, I robbed from you, Fernando Tatis Jr. <laughs> he may go yard twice. It's Maybe. just yep. simply, it's that simple. And the value play of the night is Mr. Multi-hit effort over the past week. Multi-hit effort after multi-hit effort, it's Brandon Marsh. Love it, uh, even though you still have my star of the night. So obviously, you know, tee that up, that he is my star of the night. He's also my home run call. Uh, top stack is the Dodgers um, in Coors Field. Contrarian stack, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, I am a believer tonight. Uh, I don't like the name, but I am a believer of the team, at least on Tuesday. And I'm going to stay with the Dodgers theme, Jason Hayward. He's had us a 200-plus ISO against right-handed pitching this year. Which, so shout-out to the J. Hey. Kid, uh, Cole, we have a couple of minutes left, so let's just cruise through a lineup. Um, I would say we were both on the Otani front. Um, what do you want to do? Do you want to go Darvish, or do you want to go all the way down to Williams or Wu? Uh, let's start with Darvish. It's easier to take money away okay. than try to find ways to add it in. I agree. Um, what do we got? We didn't talk a single catcher. Uh, because that's usually how things go with catcher in general. Um, is there anything that stands out specifically? I mean, let's do this because we're going to play Tatis. He's probably the first player we're going to plug. Um, I, Sorry. Hey, we're, we're playing our boy, Kim. Um, any, like, what do we got for, like, value plays? We're going to have to, we're going to have to, we I can mean, go Jose Abreu. 
go Marsh, Abreu, maybe even Jeremy Pena. Marsh, Abreu, 3,200. Let's go to, I, I think Pena's like, oh, 4,100. That's okay. Now we're cooking. Uh, catcher. Let's just punt catcher, right? I mean, we're going to have some punt outfielders. Who is our favorite punt catcher of the day? I mean, Jan Gomes gets a lefty. That's always one of my favorite things. Matt Tice isn't bad against righties for the Angels. He sure is. Did I pass Tice? I don't, I don't think know. I did. I don't know what his price is. Uh, he's but here. There he is. 3,700. Oh, we need something cheap. You know what? We'll do, what do we got? We got third base catcher outfield. How expensive is, is Joey Weimer? You are you cool with Joey Weimer against a lefty? Twenty six hundred. Yeah. David Peterson's been kind of. Yep. Yeah. Uh, third base. Do you want to go with a? Well, we can't let's try get this. Let's try this. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work on getting Ramirez here. Fifty nine hundred. Ramirez. Yeah, Ramirez. And then we have a $3,400 catcher. Yanier? Yep. Let's just go Houston Stack. That'll do it, guys. For those listening on the podcast, Shohei Otani, Gavin Williams, Yanier Diaz, Jose Abreu, Haseon Kim, Jose Ramirez, Jeremy Pena, Fernando Tatis, Brandon Marsh, and Joey Weimer. $100 left over. That'll do it for the podcast. Colby and I will be back at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with your MLB DFS live stream here in the Better Sports Network and Fantasy Alarm. We'll catch you guys later.